do you see like an increase in brands wanting to advertise on live? We are. And there's a, a creator specifically named Shimba, um, who's like nicknamed the king of live streaming. He did a 12 hour live stream and guess how much revenue he was able to drive with the, within those 12 hours. 305 million US dollars. This is Creative Disruption, the intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's your host, Ricky Ray Butler. Thanks everyone for tuning in to Creative Disruption. I'm Ricky Ray Butler. I'm super pumped um, what we're going to be discussing today. We have on the podcast with us Brent Rivera and Max Levine, um, Brent's manager and, and business partner. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining. Of course, thanks for having us. Um, this is fun. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's one of those times where this is a very interesting experience for me because Brent, I've you know followed your career from the very beginning. I, I, I was doing creator brand collaborations, you know, probably, you know, in total about 15 years, but I started my company Plaid, um, you know, around 12 years ago in, in, 29, in 2009. And I remember you surfacing up in 2012 and I believe you were, were you 15 then? I was like, I think I was 13. I think I was as <laughs> as 13. Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely early on. Um, I, cause I, I was, I was just getting into high school, uh, that, at that time. Oh, well, that, that's amazing. Now we've, we've done collaborations in the past, um, with you and Max, you know, with a lot of, um, games as well as we've done a, a couple of movies, I believe as well. And, um, it's been interesting just to see how you were one of the pioneers in the creator, you know, universe to really be cross-platform really fast. I would say like you and like Zach King were the ones that were very, always on top of it. Whenever you saw a new community, you went in and, and integrated. Um, you know, if, if, if you don't mind, I'd love to, you know, hear just a little bit of a background of like, from your perspective, your history, like how did you start out? What platform did you start on? And then how did you, you know, start prioritizing other content on other platforms? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, especially now, um, you know, I think creativity is number one and just in content is just the most important uh, to me. So, you know, when starting out, say on when, when starting off on Vine and all the creators started really popping off on Vine, I, I really buckled down and I was like, all right, I'm going to make a Vine every single day. And um, I don't I don't care like if it's if it's if it hits or if it doesn't, like I'm just going to do it because, you know, getting content out there um, is the most important thing. And uh and over time, it it worked out. You know, um, I think obviously on Vine, I think I I think I ended up with you know eight million followers on Vine, and, and that obviously came to an end. But um, like you said, you know, it's super important once these new platforms come up to really uh, jump on it early. And a lot of creators are kind of timid to do that because of the. I feel like creators sometimes like think like there's other motives maybe behind it, or like they don't want to. I don't know, jump on something too early because it might be a waste of time. But really, I mean, it's a smart thing to do to like jump on something quick. I mean, I know TikTok was Musical.ly before, you know, and so I was already on Musical.ly. So I already kind of had a head start when TikTok started, you know, really growing. And so um, just things like that, um, you know, I always make sure to look out for, you know, whether it's the next big app or whether it's the next big creator. Um, basically, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how how I do things. 
Yeah, I mean, you've really been one of like the popular creators. I mean, you've always been very open to collaborating mm-hmm. and, 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 and connecting and, and, and working with other creators. How much do you attribute that collaboration to you know, growth and, 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 and to a lot of your success? Yeah, collaboration is really important. Um, you know, you have to collaborate with, with those creators that kind of share the same interests and same audience as you. Um, that's super, super important. And, uh, and also, it's, it's also important to kind of establish a little group that you kind of, you know, can rely on. And that's what I didn't have for a long time because I wasn't in L.A. And I wasn't like kind of around like a lot of these, say, Viners or, you know, whatever early on. And I kind of lacked that. And um, from there, I was like, how can I kind of get my own group but still kind of live in Orange County an hour away from L.A.? And um, that's when I had the idea, what if I kind of started like a little group, you know, and just, uh, you know, sign creators and basically um, kind of like make this like collaborative team and uh, we work together and, and um, make content together. Wow. So, so it sounds like you've like kind of created a science to this because, I mean, if I'm hearing you correctly, you've started like an incubator, like a, a group of people where you all collaborate and you, and you grow your businesses together. Yes. And, 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 and Max, I, I believe you've helped partner. You've been working with Brent for almost um, 10 years. Yeah, well, I think it's been seven or eight-ish at this point. But, yeah, so, you know, I kind of got into this. That's still yeah. a long time for anyone that's listening. It's like seven or eight years. In and this new, like, creator economy is, like, that's like a lifetime yeah, so, <laughs> for, for, for a manager. So it means Max has done a really good job. I don't job. have any gray hairs yet, surprisingly. <laughs> but um, no, like it's been like three or four cycles of just like waves of content and platforms and creators. And it's, I think it's like, it's obviously not like we're, we've been doing this for like 30 years, but I think you learn so much in a short period of time and you can like apply that experience and those learnings. So like, what is going on now so like to be honest like history repeats itself and maybe instead of every 50 years it's every like one and a half years and i think we can just apply that to what we're doing to stay ahead of the curve or even just how we plan things because again you can kind of see what's happening beforehand so it's kind of fun and even if you don't know exactly like you can have the ability to know how to test things out or experiment just so you can constantly you know try to evolve and stay relevant so so that's interesting. So you, you say, you know, history repeats itself and you look at it every one and a half years. You know, I, I really feel that. I, I feel like as, you know, we worked with creators and we worked across all these like different platforms that everything's consistently evolving. Like, you know, in, in my time, you know, being over, I mean, in this business over a decade, I swear we've experienced at least like eight bubbles that have popped from the MCNs to, to even some of like the, you know, platforms connecting creators and brands that end up just not working out. Um, that, that's interesting. And so, so do you have a system like in place, like every one and a half years where you just try to see what's changing and then how you take advantage of that change? How does that work? Um, yeah. So like, I, I think like we kind of look at things from things from like the content perspective, right. And like content is everything. Like it's, I don't want to say it's king, but like it really is. It's, it's kind of corny, but it's true. And like now it's like, okay, if the creators of the channel, it's like the buck stops there, right? So whether it's like the platform, like the MCNs or the platforms or the influencer marketing platforms, like we know, okay, like if you have the creators or the channels, like that's the core of it. And for us, we really just preach sustainability, right? Where it's like, if we 
find someone and start working with them and they have literally 500 subscribers on YouTube, you know, they're probably going to grow very quickly and probably grow several million year over year. But we're very just particular just about, you know, how they do that and just like their approach and how they view content. And like, we don't want them to burn out, right? Because like, I think so many creators, like they're really famous now or in the moment, but 98% of them fall off over the course of, you know, two, three, four years. And like, we want to be in the 2%. And like, how do we optimize for that? Because Brent is not even just in the 2%, like the 0.1% in terms of people, like you have like Logan Paul or like Dobrik or even Mr. Beast, people who've been around for like half a decade to a decade. And like, how do you take that <laughs> insight that like he's, you know, accumulated throughout that period of time and try to apply it to the new people that we're working with? Just so like, we don't, we're not, you know, investing in one, one hit wonders, right? So that's kind of how we view it. So what what is some of that insight that, I mean, I guess you could like give other creators advice on, on staying relevant. Like Brent, what have you learned? Like, what have you noticed? Like, are there any patterns or any data that, that you follow um, to make it so you stay relevant um, um, doing, always doing the newest thing? Of course. I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so much stuff. I, I think when it comes to, you know, obviously content that comes first. So um, I'm very particular with um, with their content and, and how they do it and how they, um, you know, what it looks like and the final product and everything. And, and they know that I have pretty high expectations for what it looks like. But also at the same time, you know, there's there's things that, you know, could be seen as like more like, you know, not dirty work, but like things that we would have we have to do just to kind of do, you know, like, OK, you know, maybe right now Instagram isn't, you know, posting Instagram pictures doesn't necessarily um, translate into like, you know, new, an, a new audience, but, but you kind of have to do it, you know, because maybe eventually, you know, something like reels will come out and it did. And now like, okay, now we're in a better position now because we were already kind of set up because we had to do, you know, what we had to do before. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of things need to be learned. And I, I think it takes, honestly, from what I've seen, I've been working with um, the, I've been working with the so the Stokes twins and Ben Azalar. I've been working with them for about five years now. Oh, no, wait, it's been like I guess almost four. four? Yeah, almost four. Four years, and um, I think at this point, I can I can safely say that they are like they are in a really good place. Like they have <laughs> learned a lot, and like they they are doing really good things. That like it's impressing me, and it's it's blowing me. Like I don't. It just blowing my expectations out of the water. Like I am super proud. And so I think by that three, four year mark is when I, um, you know, they really start to like get the ball rolling and start to run. That's a lot of patience, you know, both on your side and on their part, you know, to make that happen. Um, How many creators have you collaborated with where you've helped, you know, you know, build their careers, um, 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 you know, with content. So right now we have 10 creators, um, and, you know, again, some have been signed for, you know, four years, some have, it has been less, but, um, every single creator that we have, um, kind of brought on and collaborated with, um, has, has been amazing. I mean, there has been nothing that, you know, um, no red flags, nothing that, you know, made me, you know, I don't, everything has been honestly so good, so great. And, um, I really, I don't know, I'm really thankful for it, but also at the same time, like it's. I feel like to have a team like this around, um, you know, for everyone, it, it helps everyone. 
you know, does it also helps my career too. I mean, like literally in these last, without them in these last three years, I wouldn't be the creator I am now because they've helped so much. That, that's amazing. You're obviously doing something right because there's been a lot of other creators out there and I won't, I won't mention their names that have tried doing similar things and it's kind of blown up in their faces and there's always been controversy. Um, there, you know, things weren't managed the right way from a business perspective or as, or from a human perspective. And, you know, what do you do to make it so, you know, you can keep the collaboration going long-term without getting tired of each other? Yeah, I think, I think that comes with, you know, I think everyone, you know, that I'm collaborating with right now, I think they have, you know, I think they respect, they respect, um, you know, opinions, they respect uh, criticism and like, they know that we're all here for the same reason, you know, and that's to make good content, make people happy and, um, you know, and work with each other and to, to make that work. So, you know, everyone has the same, very similar goals here and we all understand each other and we all communicate with each other and it's not drama based, you know, we're not trying to, you know, create the next drama channel or be, you know, in that whole scene. Like this is strictly like, um, you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty serious thing. You know, this is a big opportunity for everyone that comes on and they, they understand that. And I think that's what kind of keeps this ball rolling is we, you know, we know like how lucky we are and, um, we have such a good group of people and I think everyone just works together and, um, yeah, it's great. I think it's obvious that, you know, you have some hidden, you know, leader skills that's helping with all of this. Because one, uh, you know, you're working with a, a big group of creators that all have their own egos. And one thing with creators that are different than like working with actors or producers, you know, you literally are in charge of everything. And, and, it, and it can, you know, make it so, you know, personalities can be a lot more intense. Um, you know, you're in charge of the entire pie. You're not a piece of the pie. You know, you're not getting told what to do. You have to build it on your own and and be data driven and like build a business around your content and to be able to be there and you know mentor all these people you know i'm sure it's very rewarding and fulfilling like you mentioned you know with the stokes twins and 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 some of your other partners but it's got to be it's got to be very complicated and difficult you know that's one of the reasons why my businesses have thrived in the creator space is because we were able to find areas of opportunity where we could bring service to both creators and brands and then on the two buddy side you know helping creators be data driven and growing their audiences and, and their revenues um but working this close day to day with 10 creators you know i, I think most managers and agents would have a really hard time and, and you're much more than that you're actually a business partner and, and and mentor um do you ever plan on like writing a book about leadership in the creator space because like I, I think you probably could <laughs> You know, I think it comes down to, you know, I can relate to them. You know, I, I, I've been in their shoes. I've been in their position, um, you know, at this, at whatever point they are in their career. And I could give good advice, you know, and I can be there for them when they need it. And I always tell them, I'm like, if you ever need a break or if you ever feel burnout, you know, we have your back. Like, not only do I, I feel like, you know, as much as they rely on, say, the group, like I, I rely on the, like, I rely the same. Like I, I think that everyone understands that, you know, without each other, we wouldn't be where we are right now. And, you know, we are strongest when working together. And I think 
Um, you know, obviously there's going to be things that pop up that might, you know, that need to be talked about, you know, and that always happens with anything. Um, but, you know, we, we do it in an orderly manner. We, we, we make it happen and, and um, you know, it works out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I think um, it definitely takes a little bit of patience, but at the same time, like, everyone's so good. Everyone's like adds so much to the group. And, um, and I'm, I'm truly really lucky to be like with the group of people that I'm with. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, you're doing a lot of stuff and, um, and you're, you know, building a really big business. And, and Max, you mentioned earlier that this incubator, um, what you're doing with these different um, creators and channels is just a really small, you know, piece of the overall, like, I guess, puzzle um, that, that you and Brent are building together. Can you talk about, you know, your ambitions and what your plans are doing in, in building your media business? Yeah. So like we kind of view it as like the personalities or the people that we work with, they're kind of key to everything, right? Because you kind of need, need like an engine where the engine is the content and the audience. And like, if you don't have that, like it's kind of stale or like nothing's going to come in or out, like you're pretty much capped. So we kind of view what we're building as a personality-driven media company. And I think that term has become more relevant in the past few years with like Barstool Sports and Base Clan and um, just like a few other companies in the space. But we kind of feel like we have an open lane where, you know, maybe they're focused on sports and gambling and esports and gaming. And I guess like our creators or our content is very like Disney meets MTV where it's like it, it's it's very like brand friendly, you know. It makes people happy, you know. It's not like super controversial, and it's pretty mainstream, honestly. So, uh, like the core part is like Brent and like really everyone in our main like ecosystem collaborating and just like creating their own content. And then it's like okay, cool. Like how do we add on more to this? So like we launch our own media brand called Amp World, which is like our content brand. So. We just hit over a million on YouTube and we've just been pushing that probably in the last six months, um, you know, specifically. Um, and we have well over a million on TikTok and close to half a million on Instagram. Now it's like, okay, cool. Like how do we build other properties? So we're going to get more and more into original content. And I think the goal is like, how do we build out like a slate of original programming or like original characters or shows that maybe feature our creators, but it's more so like company produced. Um, and that way it's like, okay, we're diversifying as a business, but we're also getting more into like owned IP and that's how you like yeah. have value, you know? So that's really kind of how we view things. But, uh, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's a new and interesting business model. And I think we're always trying to figure it out. And, um, but yeah, like it, it's kind of fun to kind of, you know, evolve towards that. As you look at like owned IP, are you going to take more of like a direct to consumer like model or are you hoping to create this content and, and strike a deal with Netflix or Amazon? Yeah. So there's obviously, I don't like the linear, but there's more just like the traditional production and we might partner with like a showrunner if there's an interesting show or two that we want to develop. But I think it's more so digital. Like these guys do an incredible job, like building digitally native audiences. So it's like, okay, like how do you build a show? I, I don't want to like say something without Brent being upset at me, but uh, like for instance, like what if you were to create a superhero on social media and the superhero collaborates with the creators and he's a part of this like amp world universe um, that we have. Um, but you know, we just hire an actor who's portraying the superhero character and we kind of build out a storyline about like how he meets Brent or the other creators and he starts filming with them. And that's kind of his character arc in this entire universe. And it's doing different things like that strategically that makes sense. Um, and yeah, like, again, like we could do shows or 
direct consumer products, like that's something that's obviously there as well. We just feel like our bread and butter is content orientated. So like, why not build content oriented IP? Wow. That, no, that's amazing. Um, Brent, a question I have for you. Um, how do you best listen to your viewers? How do you know how to optimize and to you know keep them happy? Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I think it's, you know, obviously I love to listen to the audience, you know, and I like to take, you know, the comments and really read them and be like, okay, like how can I improve, you know? But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, um, you know, my peers and like the people that I've like even like grown up with and like that still watch, like I watch my videos and I always ask them like, you know, every time I post a video on YouTube every week, I, um, you know, I, I, I ask my friends, I'm like, what did you think? Like, what, what do you think can improve? And, um, like be real, like, did, could you watch it? Did like, and what point were you bored? Like, and I always, I'm always looking, like, it doesn't hurt my feelings, you know, when people say, yo, that, that, that thing that you did, you know, sucked or was boring or whatever, you know, I think the biggest thing that I want to do on YouTube right now as a creator is I don't want to be just a YouTuber. And I think I've kind of passed that point. Like I'm, I'm, I'm passionate in creating. And I think I want to be bigger than like, I want, I want my content to be bigger to someone than just another YouTube video. It should inspire someone and it should um, make someone feel something. It should give them emotion. It should give them every different type of emotion there is every single video. And I think that's really what I'm honing in on is, is making someone feel something when they watch them and watch a video. And I think that's how, um, that's what people want. And that's what people will, will tell their friends about. And, you know, if, if you're making good content and it's entertaining and it gives people emotion, they will tell their friends and everyone will come and, and watch it. And so that's kind of what, where I'm going with it. And I think I always try and listen to what people have to say. And obviously I don't listen to everything. Like I'm not going to, you know, if someone says, Hey man, like you got to stop doing like the games. Like, I think it's stupid. Like, you know, it obviously has to make sense, you know? And, and, um, but I do listen, I do listen a lot. And I, I think, um, it's a really important part of creating is listening to the audience. Did it work? Did it not? If it didn't, what can we do to kind of adjust and make it, make it better? That, 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 that's amazing. So basically you take a qualitative research route where you do interviews or like little focus groups with your friends who you trust that you know are going to be very candid with you. And then you just, you know, sift through the data. You figure out, okay, I'll take that advice. I will throw that other advice out the window. Yeah. I mean, every week is a new, is a new slate. I think with, with what I'm doing, you know, we sit down every, every week we have kind of, it's called a think sesh, right? And it's kind of like a writer's room in a way where we all get together. There's, I think about seven people in the room and we kind of just think, we just talk and we figure out what did we do this week that was good? And what do we do this week that we can improve on? And, um, you know, we take everything, we put everything on the table and, and every week is a week where we're trying to adjust. We're never like, like, oh, let's just do this for three months because it's working. You know, even if it's working, it still could be adjusted. It, could, it still could be better, you know? And I think that's where we take things and, um, and that's what I'm passionate about. That's great. Are there any like key numbers or metrics or data that you look at where you know that you need to start adjusting? Um, do you look at like view through rate um, um, or, or like to just like um, 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 ratios? What are, what are some of the numbers that you look at um, that kind of gives you a wake up call that you need to start adjusting? 
Audience retention is super important. I mean, I think when it comes to like someone staying for a video, you know, clicking and then staying, um, that's, that is probably the one, of, one of the most important things to me because I want people to be entertained and I want people to, you know, watch the videos and, and yeah, but like something that maybe isn't as is it's important to like get clicks, you know, and get views is click through rate, obviously, but like, like that could just be based off the title and the thumbnail. That's not necessarily saying, oh, this is a good piece of content. Um, but I'm also looking at comments. Like if, if a lot of people are talking about one thing, obviously they love that thing. Right. And if maybe some people, if I don't see anything related to like, say I did a, say I did like a leaf blower prank on my friend and I, I see zero comments about that. No one's talking about it. No one's reposting it. It's like, oh, well, I mean, maybe no one liked it, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always listening and I'm always watching, obviously like things like that, like the, the audience retention and, and, and where people click off and where people, you know, tend to stay the most in the video. Um, it's always really important to kind of keep your eye on those things. No, that's great. Um, what do you think is going to be the next TikTok? What type of platform is going to come out and just surprise us all? I have my own opinions that I'll, I will share, <laughs> but um, I, I would love to hear both of your opinions. Like, what is the next you know wave of technology around content that is you know gonna you know I guess shake things up in this industry? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, obviously, long form content on YouTube has been doing well for you know since ever. I feel like since YouTube came out, I feel like there hasn't really been you know, too many ups and downs when it comes to that. But I do, I do think when it comes to entertainment platforms, I've said this kind of before, when you go on an app to be entertained and purely that, um, they have a shorter lifespan. I mean, like, for example, like Vine, right? Um, people, people didn't follow their friends on Vine. They didn't want to keep up with their friends on Vine. They clicked on Vine because it was kind of like iFunny where you're like, oh, I want to be entertained for X amount of minutes or hours. So I'm going to go and click on this app. I think those have shorter lifespans. I think with TikTok, you do follow your friends. It's kind of like, a, it's not as much as Instagram though. You know, like with Instagram, I think it's going to stay a while because you keep up with people on Instagram. You know, you click on it to watch people's stories that you're friends with. With TikTok, it's not quite like that. So I do think it has a little bit of a shorter lifespan, but um, that's interesting. I, I honestly, I don't know. I feel like at this point in social media, I think that like, all the boxes right now are still like checked and like, I don't know if there's room right now for something, but there could be something. I don't know. What, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, I invested in a project where we launched a series with our own IP on our own platform, branded after the series that ended up being very successful, getting hundreds of millions of views and, um, very you know profitable as well i think the next wave of i guess technology when it comes to content is going to be a lot more decentralized so we're seeing this era of the artist right now where video is very decentralized there's tens of millions of videos being uploaded every day i think a lot of creators might get to the point where they want to own their own data own their own audience and potentially get to the point of, in some ways or another, owning their own distribution, where you know they are not going to have to rely too much on on the major platforms. And so I think, you know, the next Facebook um, is potentially you know several thousand um, new um, platforms that are owned by creators. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. What do you, does that sound a little crazy? That's interesting. <laughs> it, 
Do you yeah. kind of view it as like paywalled content or more so just freemium? If, if that's the case, because like obviously there's you a lot what? of like paywalled content platforms. It, it, it could be free, mm-hmm. and 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 there could be innovative ways of figuring out how to monetize. You know, um, you know, a community that's just connecting with you. Um, but it, it seems like there's all this content out there, but. I mean, look at the SVODs, like the Netflixes of the world. Like, I mean, there's all these different SVODs. You know, there's a lot of places where you can consume a lot of content. Um, I, I think um, creators are going to become just much more empowered, and they're going to be the ones that end up hiring a tech team, hiring data scientists, and figuring out, okay, what's the next best thing? And who knows, maybe, you know, it, it'll, it'll come after live streaming finally sticks, you know, more on in the West. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are your predictions? What's the next thing, Max? Good question. I honestly think short form content is kind of like, obviously it's at a premium. It's just like so much competition. It's, it's insane between TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Snap. It's kind of like overwhelming to a point. Yeah. Like he's smiling. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we see it, you know? Um, and then there's obviously Triller and then a lot of other, you know, platforms trying mm-hmm. to get in there. Um, like I think there's always been this notion where it's like there's just too many apps and I think you know from Brent's perspective it's like a lot to keep up with and you know I think it's like more so niche where it's like okay if maybe not to people like Brent but certain types of creators maybe if you're in real estate can post like real estate orientated content and this is something we were talking about yesterday on a specific platform that maybe you know integrates you know content consumption with like oh like I'm actually interested in like seeing what is out there in the market or obviously paywalled content, like you mentioned. The thing is with that, I think it's a great avenue to monetize, but like, how do you grow? And like, I know Brent views things as like, I want to grow. So like, if that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, you know, allow the potential to grow or be discovered, then it's like, okay, like, yeah, maybe I'll put some B-roll, but like, am I really going to like put a lot of energy into like building that out and growing it? Um, And then, yeah, Yeah. like there's obviously, obviously a lot of text oriented platforms coming up which I think it's great for obviously trying to sell things or getting people to convert. But um, again, it's one of those things too, where it's like, you can't really grow. It's more so like a CRM. So I don't know, like, I think there's gonna be like more like niche oriented things, but like, I don't think it's gonna be like, holy crap, mainstream TikTok or YouTube, just because it's such a massive barrier to entry. And to be honest, TikTok has billions of dollars behind them. And also too, there was a lane then that I think they totally exploited, but they needed billions of dollars to exploit it because it took them a while to grow. So they had no intention to sell. <laughs> they came in and, and it, 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 you know, I think if, you know, 10 years ago, we would just all assume, would have assumed, okay, they're going to get acquired by Facebook or they're going to get acquired by Google, but they came in with resources, but there's a variety of, of platforms coming to the West from the East that have resources, hundreds of millions of dollars behind them um, that are coming and going to, you know, um, use that TikTok playbook. And, and, try, and try to compete. And what's, what's exciting, I think, for you, Brent, is that it's getting to the point where I think a lot of these platforms are going to do whatever they can to bend over backwards to make sure that they maintain your content on their platform. So when things become more decentralized, you know, I, I believe the creators and the artists become a lot more empowered. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you see it with just, you know, YouTube's been around, you know, for so long. And you see, you know, I, I think you know, YouTube has a great relationship with their creators and they, and, you know, and I think, you know, obviously they want to, you know, keep the creators happy. And I really, I, I appreciate that. So if it, yeah, if it goes that direction, which I think, yeah, it's going to, you know, I think that's, 
um, that's great for creators, you know, because, um, you know, we get to, you know, really kind of keep this good relationship with these pl different platforms. But, um, yeah, like you said, Max, a lot of short form, a lot of short form, uh, content right now, especially on, well, on every app now. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Well, what do you think is going to happen with live streaming, which is the opposite of short form, sh short form, excuse me. I have a speech impediment <laughs> and a stutter, if you haven't noticed. But in in China, for example, there's over 100 different platforms that are relevant with the creator community out there. And um, a lot of these platforms are live streaming platforms. And there's a, a creator specifically named Shimba, um, who is like nicknamed the king of live streaming. He did a 12-hour live stream. And guess how much revenue he was able to drive with the, within those 12 hours? 305 million US dollars in 12 That's hours. That's insane. And, oh my gosh. And, 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 and so, so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we were all freaking out when Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson launched the, the makeup line and crashed Shopify and made 100 million in 24 hours. I think these types of numbers are going to be happening, but it's really hard to predict how live streaming is going to become more and more relevant. Um, you know, when, when, it, when it comes to, you know, the West, you know, who's going to be the winner of live streaming? I mean, TikTok has an option. Instagram has an option. Twitch is obviously killing in certain categories. Um, so what are your thoughts on live stream? Yeah, I mean, I, I see it as well, you know, and I think, um, you know, I, I'm not as familiar with live streaming, you know, I'll do the occasional, you know, Instagram live. Um, it feels think, awkward though, right? Like, yeah, I think sitting I think there and talking. Uh huh. Um, you know, I think I think it um, some different content. You know, tailors more toward live streaming. Um, so I I wouldn't consider uh, the content that I make kind of you know uh, able to really get a massive audience on live streaming. But I do think that that there is a huge opportunity there. And I think um, you know if you're a creator and you know and especially in the the whole gaming um, thing, you know, like that's that's massive. That's huge. And um, and it's only going to grow from here. So. Uh, yeah, that's it's it's super important. Yeah, as a data and AI business um, that specializes in entertainment, you know, our our company has been very focused on just like testing it on every platform, g gathering as much data as possible. From okay, how can we predict viewership? How can we predict you know, um, you know, um, you know, um, watch time as well as conversions? And what we're noticing is even these smaller creators can drive significant conversions. And it might be one of those areas where, you know, more micro, you know, up and coming creators will be able to start monetizing more early um, because the engagement's just, it's insane. However, I'm still not finding a winner, um, you know, between all these different platforms. It's, it's gonna be interesting to, to see what happens there. Who do you think's like ahead right now? Who do you think is like in the best position here to, to take off? I would say Twitch, and, and that's and that's where we see most of our activity. We do a lot of stuff with creators on Twitch, um, but I don't know if Twitch is going to be the mainstream. I mean, gaming is mainstream; it's huge, and and there's other you know, um, uh, you know um, verticals on Twitch that are also growing really really fast. But I wouldn't say, you know, the the the, the Brent Rivera's. You know the the Mr. Beasts, the, the the Jack Rovers, like are going to be on Twitch and making that like their their biggest, 
um, focus. So I think YouTube has a really good chance. Um, and I know that that's, it's growing really well over there and it's performed for, for our campaigns. But I, I, I really don't know. I, I think there, there might be an opportunity for like a new um, um, platform to, to rise and figure out how to do it where it works for both creators and, um, 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 and, and viewers. But I think it's going to be someone that comes in that has a much more bullish rev share um, policy. Yeah. Um, do you see like an increase in brands wanting to advertise on live? We are. Um, we're noticing this with retail and also CPG products. And, and, and of course, gaming. Gaming's been doing it for, you know, almost 10 years. Um, but, yeah, so there's an interest in it because what's happening, for example, in China is blowing, you know, everyone's minds here. And most big brands or Fortune 500 companies have a presence in China. And so you notice, you know, the partnership with Walmart and TikTok. You notice, you know, Amazon putting together a very bold, you know, creator program. They know it's going to happen over here. Everyone's just trying to figure out, okay, who's going to have the right infrastructure to pull it off? It's, it's, going, to, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, and I, I actually think, you know, going back to like launching creators' own IP, et cetera, it will never be one of those things where people put all their eggs in one basket. I think it's always going to have to be not an or, but and, where you're going to have to keep growing on relevant platforms and then growing, you know, your own platform as well. We'll see if that happens. Um, I, you know, the, the, the project that I'm a part of is maybe an anomaly, but um, I, I have a feeling that being that we built that from scratch, people with a huge presence will be able to do it way better than we were able ever, ever you know, we ever imagined. Um, one last, you know, one question I have for you, um, Brent. You know, we have TubeBuddy where we have all these different creators using our tools and our platform to save time, you know, be data-driven, growing their audiences. Um, and, and uh, um, as well as you know, growing their revenues and trying to get just much more predictive in in, in, in their success and, and being data driven. There's a lot of you know up and coming you know small creators you know on that platform. For people that are trying to be as data driven as possible, you know, what advice would you give to these creators that have not made it yet? They're not monetizing, but they really want to make it happen. I think you know it's it's the dirt, it's the grind. You know, it's like it's. I like to I like to use the word I made up a word for it. Um, it's called strat. Um, it's like strategizing. Like you got to be stratty with it. You have to figure out. You know. You know there are. You have to test out so many different things, and so many things are not going to work. But you're going to find little things that do work, and you can piece them all together, and you know, and really figure out how you're going to grow. Um, I think you have to be. I think it's a, a good mix. You know, you do have to be, say, strat with it, but at the same time, you do have to really focus on your content and improve your content because uh, you can't just be one thing. You know, you have to you have to you have to work smart, but you also have to you know put in the effort and put it. And uh, you can't just be you can't just work hard and not think about any of the analytics, but you also can't just think about the analytics. So um, it's a mix, you know. And these small creators that want to grow an audience. Um, you know, should definitely be focused on the analytics in the beginning and throughout the career. But um, at the same time, they really should hone in on 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 making their content better and um, and just being a true content creator. Um, create something that they really enjoy, and it will show. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you so much. Um, what advice? Um, I would say both you and Max would you give 
brands that want to work with creators because you get a lot of brands interest. A lot of companies are just knocking down the door trying to work with you. I think mean, we've been working with you since you were a teenager and, and, and um, you know, you've always stayed relevant and you've always been very easy to work with. What advice do you, can you give brands on how to better, you know, work in this space with creators? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, long-term partnerships, I think flow better, not only with the creator, but with the audience. You know, and you can see that um, a long term or a, a longer term partnership I've had recently is, um, you know, with Starbucks. I've been now doing stuff for them for about, you know, two years now. And, and they it's something that my audience knows I love. And even before I worked with them, you know, I was a huge fanboy, Right. And, you know, and the audience sees that and Starbucks saw that. And it was smart on Starbucks's part to be like, hey, like. This is, you know, this is organic to your brand and, and it is. And, and honestly, that's kind of what I look for too, when it comes to working with the brand and when both parties, I think are on that, on that same page, it, it, it's, I think it does wonders when it comes to like a campaign or something that they want to, um, you know, promote. So, um, I think a brand needs to look out for creators that, you know, mesh well with what they're trying to do. And, um, I think that's the smartest thing, uh, for a brand. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what advice do you have, Max? You've done a lot of brand deals as well, and you know you, you have to do a lot of the dirty work. Yeah, the, <laughs> the boring part of it. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, I think you know, obviously, it's becoming more and more prevalent, and so many like you know this more than anyone, Ricky Ray. Like, so many companies are investing in this space. Like, I, I just think like oftentimes there's great partnerships, but oftentimes it's like you know a lot of there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, whether it's like the advertising agency brand, influencer marketing agency, and like not letting the creator breathe in terms of creatively. Cause like if they, there's all these requirements and it's too manufactured, like 10 times out of 10, like it doesn't do as well as it would otherwise. Um, we see it time and time again. We actually correlate how many people we're dealing with to like how, you know, it performs. And like, it's always like the more people, it doesn't go as well just cause like, there's just more cooks in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, like also too, like even just working with you guys, it's been fun. Cause like Brent is like, Oh yeah. Like I want to give away 15 laptops or a car to someone. And, you know, I just remember we did a campaign end of last year with just dance. I think it was nominated for a streamy or one of those awards and Brent gave his friend a car. And that was really cool because like, I think the content and the integration performed so well, but also like, you know, I, I, yeah, like I, I think it made Brent happy, you know, the brand happy, and then the viewers and the person who received the card very happy. So it was a win-win across the board. So. Yeah, no, no, and, and that collaboration, you know, talking to my team, you know, was a very smooth process, and you were all very professional. It's, it's interesting, you know. I think, you know, obviously, one thing that's very old school about this industry is. It's a lot of it's really focused on relationships and it's based on relationships. And that's how Hollywood was when it first started and how it is today. And even though there's a thousand Hollywoods and actually maybe even a million, if you include the, the digital creator economy, um, it's, you know, it, it's really big, but you know, you, you gotta make sure that you treat people like humans. Um, you gotta be data driven. You have to look at the data, but something where I think, you know, and so the relationship and the data and the tech are very important. But one thing that I think is like always a missing piece. And I've talked about this before is, data-driven systems and processes. How can you have a creative environment? So whoever's creating the content 
can best communicate the way that they know how to their audience. So what your brand does is empowers the content rather than disturbs it and turns it into a commercial. And I, I feel brands have really progressed in the last decade in this area. Um, because, you know, you know, there's more and more brands in this space doing a much better job. And creators have never been happier, I think, working with, with companies. Um, when earlier, it was everyone was trying to figure out is really the wild, wild west. Well, it still is today, but it's a lot more refined and organized um, and, and, and than it was. So, you know, we talked about your creator business. And this will be my last question, I promise, because I know we have a hard stop. The first six months of this year, in 2021, over $2 billion was invested by investors in the creator economy. Brent and Max, what's inspiring these investors to get involved? Personally, I, I just think, you know, again, like, um, you know, Max said this a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, the number one career choice right now for, like, kids in school is to become a YouTuber. You know, everything is based off of your phone now and it's been like that and people have been saying it for years now but i think it's still only going to grow and i think that companies are still continuing to realize um you know kids aren't watching tv anymore um you know they're going to youtube so it's it's just the way it is you know <laughs> like um you know i i think you know people are investing more into it every single year and i think it it is still not at its fullest potential. And I think that there's still a lot of more room to grow here. Um, and it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. Max, Yeah, no, thoughts? I would totally second that. It's interesting, like whether it's like companies we work with on the brand side or, you know, production companies or VC funds, like all, like their kids know who I guess like Brent and like the creators are, which makes it like way smoother and way easier. Um, yeah, like this space is just in the early innings. And I think we all know this, even though we got started a while ago collectively. Um, you know, like, I, I just think it's it, it's just important to like invest in like the right companies and the right people. And just because like this space is hot and it's still early, but you know, it gets very frothy sometimes. But, um, you know, I think there's gonna be like a lot of winners and the, the people who have really spent a lot of time for years, just like building out like, good companies with good people, like, I think they're definitely going to win. And, you know, obviously it's great that, you know, smarter people are coming in because they're just, you know, verifying the work that we're all doing. So. Well, that's amazing. Well, your story is so inspiring and you're just getting started. You know, you're, you're 23, you know, you're, you're at the beginning of your career and you've already done so much. I'm really excited to see what you do, Brent, and what you do, Max, and where this is going to be going in the next 10 years. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And thank you so much for joining us and, you know, being a part of this podcast. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for having us. I really thanks, appreciate Ricky that. Thanks, Appreciate it, man. Thanks, everyone, for watching. You know, please like this video as well as subscribe to wherever, you know, platform you're listening from. And uh, we'll see you next time.